Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everyone, you got Mike here with BeastNet. Um, I'm here with Jody. I have no idea how to say your last name, so I'm not going to say it. Um, how are you doing, Jody? Great. How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. So what have you been up to? I have actually been helping a friend of ours record his first cooking show. Very nice. Is that is that Jesse? It is Jesse. I saw that. I lo- yeah. I'm looking so forward to that. So, <laughs> so, and if you ever need help, I mean, people don't know it, but I do cook, so. You do. I do. amazing cake. Well, yeah, that's baking. I actually, I suck at baking. I'm good at decorating the cakes. I'm horrible at baking. Somebody usually bakes the cake for me, and then I decorate. So that's my little secret that most people don't know, but now apparently everyone does. So yeah, no, um, no, I actually I, I do most of the cooking in our house. So it's yeah, like earlier today, I finally I figured I finally figured out how to make crisp hash browns from scratch. So I figured out the trick. The trick is you bake them. You take the hash browns, you grate them in the the in your uh, food processor. And then once you have them all nice and grated, you put them on like a cookie sheet and throw them in the oven for, you know, at about 400 degrees for about five to 10 minutes, not completely cooked, but just a little bit. And then you put a little bit of grease in a pan, get it nice and hot and throw them in there and you'll have nice crispy hash browns that are cooked in the middle. That sounds good. It is. I did it earlier today. And because I love cheese, if they don't hold together very well, you can throw cheese on top of them and it helps that. <laughs> That's wonderful. So yeah, I like to cook. I was telling Jesse the other day, cauliflower. If you haven't had cauliflower, cauliflower is the miracle vegetable. I love cauliflower. I hate cauliflower, but... <laughs> I, I Okay, let me rephrase that. I have usually hate cauliflower, but for whatever reason, I mean, I found all these recipes on how to make things with cauliflower that is just amazing. I made enchiladas with rice a little while back, and instead of rice, I used cauliflower. Nobody could tell. Nobody even knew it was cauliflower. I was sitting there talking to them after. They're like, this is really good, you know, but the rice and all the, the, you know, the carbs in the rice. And I'm like, it's not rice. It's cauliflower. And they're like, what? I'm like, that's cauliflower. If you do them right, you can, oh, you can cook so many things. I made pizza crust out of cauliflower, and it was amazing. So. Ooh, that sounds good, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, I cook all the time. I love cooking. <laughs> I love to cook. It's just a matter of, you know, finding the right time. Really. Yeah. So, yeah. you've got, I know you've got Montana coming up, right? I do. Next this weekend. coming weekend. It's going to be awesome. We always have yes, such a great buddy. time in Montana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wasn't sarcasm at all. So, <laughs> yeah. We always have such We're a great time. Fun. We are. I mean, the one thing is, I mean, a lot of people have heard me talk about before on the podcast, the, the 13 and a half hour, is that what it was? 13 and a half hour Montana expedition of 2015, wasn't it? Or no, 16. Uh, 2016. Yes. Jody was part of that group. Um, so yeah, um, she, she knows how that is. Montana holds a special place in our hearts. Um, yeah, definitely special place. It does, and we're, we're going to love it. And we have fun every time. And this time, Justin Wiley's going to join me and Jody on our, our trek this year. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a great time. Justin's a good guy. He did uh, 
the Seattle Super with me and Benton. So I think it's going to be fun. And you're like Justin. I don't know if you've met him yet. He's a good guy. So I met him briefly. But Montana's always a good time, no matter who you with. It is. I mean, it's just all in how you, you think about it. I mean, like you said, it holds a special place for us because of everything we've gone through in Montana. Yes, but, definitely. But we go back every year. And every year, at the end yeah. of the day, I say I'm never doing this shit again. And every year, I go back. Yeah. Yes, I said that several times. <laughs> yeah. Every year, I'm like, this is it. I'm Is done. Hearing? I'm never going back yep. to Montana again. And then, bam. Never, ever again. Amazingly, I'm, yep. I'm back in Montana every year. Yeah. This will be year number four for me. This so. will be my third year doing Montana. Yeah. This is number four for me. Wow. Yeah. My first year was the Founders Race. So... Oh, that was a hard year, I heard. It was. It was a very hard year. But, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it, I think. It's worth it every time. It is. I mean, it's a great experience. And, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, it's like they always say, if you don't put yourself to the test, I mean, you don't you don't test yourself. The only way to test yourself is to do hard shit. And Montana is hard. And I will do Montana it every year. It is very hard. It is. But every year I'll be out there. You can count on it. Because I'm saying. And I will be right there with you. Yep. Every year. So, every year. A little, one of the reasons I wanted to, to bring you on the podcast, talk to you a little more, was one of the things I like to talk about sometimes is people who've gone through hardships. And I know you posted things on Facebook a few times about some of the hardships and some of the crazy stuff that you've gone through. But is there any of that that you'd like to talk, to, talk about and like let, our, let the listeners know? I mean, that certain things don't end, don't make it so that you're, you know, what you want to do in life doesn't end. Does, it, does that make sense? Do you know what I'm trying to say? That your hardships doesn't mean I, that you have to stop being who you are. You can get through them, right? Yes. I have had to overcome a whole lot of challenges um, in the last couple of years, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and Spartan Racing has been my outlet for all this. And not only has it been an outlet for it, but it's where I got my family, my support group. Um, I didn't have a support system for yeah. any of my challenges that I was going through personally. Yeah. And, and you know, to think that you're going through something and you think you're weird or you're abnormal or you're the only one, maybe. It's so lonely and scary to be in that place. And then um, you walk into a beast um, workout or even a Spartan workout or a Spartan race and you meet all these people that have similar things, similar stories and you begin to realize that, oh, <laughs> I am okay. I don't know but if I'd say you're okay. You are kind of weird. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to say that to you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mike. Yeah, I know. But I know what you mean. I, I, it's one of those things. It's you know I've said a lot of times on the podcast. It's Spartan racing. It, it's not just friends. They they become your family. No, it is not. They they literally have become my family. I mean, there um, some of the the health issues that I have had. Um, I'm anemic. I have hip dysplasia. I just recently found out that my neck is basically destroyed. Um, the spine in my neck is fused together so badly that surgery will not help my neck at all. So basically, um, 
the doctors and everyone are just trying to make my neck comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, the, the, the lower part of my back, um, the curve has literally been kicked straight. And so I am going through traction three times a week so that they're trying to force that curve back into my back. Yeah. And going through all that, I mean, there's, there's been days when I just thought, you know, life was over. I was done. I was tired. <laughs> but yeah. it's been the bees, it's been the bees and the Spartans that have really rallied around me and have showed me that it's okay, that I can do anything, no matter what, that I'm not alone. Um, the, the beasts are the ones that, that I go to when I'm at my lowest point. Yeah. They're the ones that are up at all hours texting me or calling me or if I just need to get away, you know, they'll grab me and we'll go hiking or we'll do something for a day. Yeah. Um, but they, they really have been a family for me. That's awesome. And that's, that's what I hear from a lot of people about the beast. I mean, the beast and Spartan in general, I mean, and it's not just Spartan. It's kind of the OCR community all the way around. You know, you've got the beast. Um, I experienced it the warrior state of mind when I was over in, in Vegas for the Vegas run. I mean, there's so many, it seems like Spartan and, you know, the OCR community in general just kind of creates that feeling of family and everything else that you don't get from other sports and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's really cool. It is. It really is. So what made you decide to keep going, if that makes sense? To keep going? To to keep going. I mean, most people with your kind of injuries and other things like that would have been like, you know, yep, I'm injured. I'm screwed. I'm done. I ain't doing this shit. What what made you decide to keep doing it? I started out doing it to to prove to myself that I could. I could still do things that, you know, things weren't going to stop me. And then it turned into, oh, well, I'm going to prove to, you know, some people in my family, maybe, or to um, some of my coworkers, possibly, or my ex, who always told me that, you know, I wasn't worth anything. I couldn't do anything. And all that goes through my mind while I'm on these mountains. And as soon as I hear one of their voices, Something kicks in me, and all of a sudden, I have to keep going. I yeah. just, I cannot stop. I have to finish. And <laughs> um, now, it's, okay, well, I conquered, you know, the t- one of the toughest races. Okay, so I can do another one. No big deal. But with the, another race comes different challenges. Yeah. Every race is different for me. There is never a race that is the same kind of a race. The obstacles are never the same kind of obstacles. No, they're not. But, um, I mean, Spartan has its so, has its kind of you know typical obstacles, but they're never exactly the same. You know, it's like right. Montana. There, there's the ones you know there's going to be. There's going to be a dump wall. There's going to be the bucket of suck. There's going to be the sandbag carry. But I mean, other than that, you know, none of the other ones are guaranteed. You never know for sure which ones are going to be there. You know, so right. it's kind of. It, that's what's cool about it is I mean you can train for what you think is going to be there but then you don't know what's going to be there so like you said it's a different it's a different race every time but the other thing for you is it's a different race because you're not sure how you're going to be feeling on that race it is and for me it's because of my physical limitations it's a lot of times race by race yeah. I'll sign up for a race and you know if 
if it's too muddy or if it's really, really cold out, my body gets extremely cold. Yeah, because like, you're, you're the bitter cold to the point where I can't move. And so there are races that I've gone to <laughs> that I've had to just say, okay, I can't do this one this time, but I have the next one that I will do. Yeah. And and it could even be that I wake up the next morning and I can't, sometimes my body hurts so bad that I can't move hardly. Yeah. And so it, that was decide, okay, I can't, I, I am not able to do this race, but I've got all these other races. So a lot of times it is literally a day-by-day thing as to what I'm going to be able to do or not do. Yeah, that's very true. Because, I mean, I've been at races with you before where all of a sudden it was just like, you know, I can't do this. And, I mean, that's that's got to be the hardest thing to do. I mean, I know it is for me. And, I mean, I, I have injuries and issues, but not on the same level that you do. And it is very hard for me to say, you know, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't do this race. You know, I you know me and you know I on rare occasions have decided not to do a race. And it's very rare occasions, mm-hmm. you know. It is the hardest thing for me. Because I absolutely love to be out on course. Yeah. Being out on course is where I get my frustrations out. It's a safe place for me to be angry. It's a safe place for me to cry and scream and, and cuss up a storm if I want to or whatever. Um, it's my outlet. And so when I can't get out on course, that frustrates me to no end. Yeah. And not be out there with with my family and with you and in participating. Yeah. And I can see that, but I mean, it's one of those things. And I mean, that's like I said, that's, it's a very hard thing. Cause I know, like I said, it's hard for me. I hate being there and not going on course. I mean, it's like, I'm here. Why, yeah. why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I race? I'm here, you know? And, and it's, it's so tough to be like, you know, Nope, I'm injured. I know I'm injured and I need to step back, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. It's tough. You you hate to do that because it's you know it you're is, like I have to, that has been I think my toughest lesson has been to learn when to back off because in the beginning I didn't care I would keep going and keep going and keep going and then I wouldn't be able to move for two or three weeks sometimes yeah. four weeks after a race so last year was when I really started to listen to my body for the first time and. I'm more <laughs> okay with saying no now. <laughs> yeah. But that's been a hard lesson for me to learn because I'm stubborn. And when I make up my mind to do it, I do it regardless of the pain. But yeah. it just, it got to the point where it was, okay, am I going to, you know, hurt myself even further if I keep pushing myself or... Yeah, and that's know, the hard part. Is it worth is it worth risking all that for me? So. Yeah, and like I said, that's, that's I think, the hard part for a lot of people to really get to, to get to that point of figuring out that, you know, it's not worth hurting yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just not, because the problem you run into, you end up not being able to, it's like, hey, cool, I can do, I did this run, but because I did this race, now my body is so tore up that I can't do another one, you know, or another two, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of thing like last year in Hawaii where I decided not to do, you know, the sprint. We finished early enough that I could have yeah. ran and grabbed and I already had my, uh, my headband and my packet, 
So all I would have had to do was grab the packet from, you know, I can't remember. I think it was in your bag or whatever, but grab my packet and yeah. then go. And I had time, but it was one of those things. It was a hard decision for me. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to because I had planned on doing Washougal the very next weekend with Benton. Yeah. And it was once it came to the sprint, I'm like, my feet are so tore up. And a lot of people don't know. I got really sick on the, the beast, but I kept going anyway. Um, and I didn't want to do the sprint anyway and take the chance that I wasn't going to be able to do the Washougal with Benton. That would have been, that would have crushed me if I couldn't do that. So I made yeah. the choice of, you know, well, I'm just not going to do, I'm not going to do the sprint in Hawaii and I'll deal with it. You know, and it, it was tough, but it was, you know, I still feel like it was a good decision. So, yes. and that becomes the hardest part is, I mean, you, you've got to start, you know, part of it is you got to remember we're, we're not as young as we used to be. We, we don't, we don't heal like we used to. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can't have a weekend of, you know, like Hawaii. And then all of a sudden, you know, take a couple Advil and be good to go Monday morning. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Definitely does not. <laughs> I, I wish it did. I mean, I really do, but oh, it just doesn't. Too. You know. So, I mean, you're not too much younger than me, are you? I don't think you are. I don't think I am. Yeah, I don't think you are. I think you're pretty close to the same age as me. So I it's think one, you're older. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's you know once you hit that age, I mean it, it gets a little difficult to you know. But I mean, when you have the injuries and the, the everything like we do, but you still do it. They're the people that I'm impressed with. People like you impress me so much. It's like you could easily just be like, you know, I'm done. I don't want to do this shit. But you get out there and you do it anyway, even though you're like, I'm hurt. I'm whatever. But let me decide. Am I hurt? Am I well enough that I can continue going on? Or am I hurt so bad that I'm done? And that's what, you know, what we have to decide at our age. It is. It really is. And not three years that I've been racing, I've only DNF'd one time. Yeah. And that was that was when we didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was going to doctors and they were trying to figure out, you know, taking all kinds of x-rays. And, so no one knew what was wrong with me. Yeah. Everybody knew I was in all kinds of pain. And it just, it was in Red Deer, Canada. And it just got to the point, I hadn't even gone the first mile. And I just could not continue. I've heard though that Red Deer is a tough race, so I mean, not sound Red bad. Red Deer was Red Deer was easier than Sun Peaks. Sun Peaks is my most memorable one. Um, okay. Sun Peaks is in Canada. Yeah. And we did all three peaks, and last time the third peak was three miles straight up, and Ooh. because of all my injuries, <laughs> I couldn't walk up the mountain like everybody else. I had to literally crawl on my hands and knees the entire three miles. And that is the one race that I remember stopping at some point. I don't even know which point it was on that mountain. But I remember looking at Brandon and telling him that I wish I was normal again. That I wish that I could stand up and walk up that mountain like everybody else. <laughs> That was probably my toughest race. Yeah, I can see that. And it does get tough when, you know, you can't do things the way that you used to. Mm -hmm. And I think the hardest is for someone, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, 
yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a chubby guy now, but I haven't always been chubby. I mean, if you look at pictures of me from high school and, you know, everything like that, I was an athlete. You know, I was in great shape. I had an eight pack. I, I was an athlete. And it wasn't until, you know, I got older that I, you know, started, you know, having issues with weight and everything else. So, I mean, it's not something that I've always been. And that's what I think a lot of people forget is they think, you know, people like me or you or whatever have always had these issues. And it's just something we know we deal with. And it's like, no, this is not, right. this is not who I am. You know, no, this is something I that I didn't have any, any of my issues. Mine are all caused from severe, violent, domestic violence Yeah, from my marriage. And so this is not something that I was born with. These are all injuries that are brand new to me. And so I'm trying to figure everything out with these new injuries. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things, too, is, I mean, you know, you mentioned that they're they're from your domestic violence. And I mean, that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't realize is, I mean, it's one of those things that domestic violence continues even after you're out of the relationship, it continues with like stuff that you're dealing with. You know, you've been out of that relationship for how long now? Um, I've been officially out of it for about four years now. You know, and four, with, oh, with that comes severe PTSD, which has been another obstacle for me. Another challenge is figuring out why I'm having panic attacks at the dunk wall. <laughs> Why well, of course, because the dunk wall is scary as hell. I that too. <laughs> but it, it just brought on new challenges on the, the course that I wasn't even expecting. Yeah. So, and I mean, domestic I can see that. violence, it, it does continue even after it's done. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I'm not really sure that it's ever really done once you've been through something that traumatic and, and that severe. I think you're always going to have it with you to a certain degree. And I agree. And I mean, I could see that, that, I mean, it would always, I mean, it's an, it's like any experience that we have, you know, is always going to be with you to a certain degree. But I mean, with domestic violence, it's a whole different thing. It's such a violent, a violent thing. And I mean, it's not always, it's tough because I've had a lot of friends who've been through like domestic violence situations and domestic violence isn't always just, you know, I think in some ways calling it domestic violence is kind of a, it, it makes people think it's, it's one thing that it's not. It's not just violence. It's, I, I guess assault is the better word because it's physically assaulting and mentally assaulting. It changes who you yeah. are mentally, you know. It, it literally does. I, I'm, part of what Spartan has done for me is helped me figure out who I am um, in the domestic violence, I lost. I completely forgot who I was as a person. Well, yeah, because and you were who he said you were. Exactly. I I wasn't allowed to make decisions on of any kind. He was the one making all the decisions about everything. And I was literally just a shell of a person until I met the Beast and the West Coast Obstacles and the Spartans and... Um, the warrior state of mind people, a lot of the Bravo guys. Yeah. Um, that, that's how I learned who I am again. And that's kind of sort of 
where my life started all over again with, with the Spartan races and all that. And, and that's awesome. And like I said, I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, I, I, I like how you said, you know, your life started over. Um, and, and that's just it. And I think a lot of people don't realize that so much. That That is how it is. I mean, when you go through something like that, when someone leaves that, they're not the person they were when they went into the relationship. And they're also not the person no. they were the, while they were in the relationship because now they've gotten strong enough to walk away from it. But right. they're, re- they're really neither one of those people. But that's the hard part is figuring out, okay, they're neither one of those people, but who are they then? Who are you? Right. You know, and that yeah. I think be- is where it becomes hard is, you know, and I think it's awesome that the beast, you know, and everything else was able to help you get through that and figure out who Jody is. You know, and that's, yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, that's, like I said, that's one of the things I've seen before, you know, with other people that I know that have gone through similar situations is when you come out of it, you aren't the same person that you were, you know, and that's no, what you've you got to figure out is who, who now is Jody, you know? Exactly. So, and I'm glad yeah. that the, the beasts and, you know, Spartan and everything else has helped you figure out who Jody is again, because I really like who Jody is. So, sometimes. Aww, Mike. Sometimes. Other times you're a complete pain in my ass. But. Yeah, we'll see if you're still saying that next weekend. Yeah. In Montana. <laughs> Montana's amazing. We love Montana. Yeah, we love Montana. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I do love Montana. I mean, Montana, like I said, I mean, it's a total pain in the ass. But it's it's a pain in the ass, but I can deal with it. You exactly. Know? I mean, it's a pain in the ass exactly. that I just you just do. You just do it. Yep. You do. So, yeah. Yep. It'll be awesome. We're going to love it. We're going to do awesome. And it's just going to be what it always is, which is bloody yeah, amazing. And I'm excited Justin's going to join us. Yes, and that will be fun. I mean, like I said, Justin is awesome. He's so much fun. He's such a great guy. So, yeah. Um, just trying to think of what else. There had to be more. What is there anything else you want to talk about that you want to bring up and let people know that, you know, I mean... What would you tell someone if someone came up to you and said, you know, I want to do, you know, that, that Spartan race looks amazing. I can't believe you do it. I would do it. But what what would you tell them? And tell them that you can do anything that you want to do. And that's been the biggest thing that I've learned is that there's no limitations, honestly. As, as crappy as you feel or if. You think, oh, well, I can't do that one obstacle, so I'm just not going to do the rest. You know, you there are ways to, to figure things out and to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish, no matter what. All right. Let's take a quick break for a second so we can have a commercial, and then we'll be right back. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from commercial. So you were talking about saying that people can do anything they want to. Um, yes. Like I said, I mean, if someone came to you and said, I want to do this, but, I mean, what resources would you give them? I mean, is there anything that you would be like, you know, you can do anything you want, here's this. I mean, how would you how would you help that person do what they need to do to become, you know, 
Well, for Spartan races, I would, um, I have brought people with me to all the different workouts, whether it's the beast workouts or the Spartan workouts. I, I always tell them to go and just see what it's like. Um, <laughs> and then I tell them that um, to do it with friends. With you know, I have done it many races with many people that it's been their first time, and uh, you don't have to run it. And I think that's what people get confused about because it's called a Spartan race. Yeah. So I, I think in people's minds they think, oh, they have to run the whole way. So that's the first thing that I kind of explain to people is that no. You, you don't have to run. You can go at any speed, at any level. The goal is you start a race and you finish. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It doesn't matter if you're running. It doesn't matter if you're crawling. It's finishing. That's what the important thing is. <laughs> and then I encourage them to do it with, you know, myself or with other friends so that they're not alone. And I explain to them how you... You don't have to do this alone. You can do obstacles together. You can get help on any obstacles. Um, that it, it is not an individual thing if you don't want it to be. Yeah, which I think is the hard part with a lot of people. Is a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, it's a race, so I have to be, I have to run, and I got to do it as fast as I can. And if I don't do it as fast as I can, then I fail. And it's like, no, right? That, that's not a right. failure. That. That it, just, it is not. It means you know what you need to do to improve next time. You know, and that's yeah. just it. And that's what I try and tell people. It's like, it's not a failure. It just means now all of a sudden you've just figured out, oh, hey, next time I need to work on this and make myself better at this. And that's really it. And, I mean, I think a lot of people don't catch that or don't figure that out, that it's it's not about doing it the fastest. For me, it's always about doing it better than I did last time, you know? See, and that's what it is for me, too. It's more of a race against myself. Okay, I did Montana, you know, two years ago in 13 and a half hours. Okay, so my goal is to get it down to even, you know, 10 hours sounds good. Yeah. So, you know, so I tried, I went, we went a little faster, and we did finish. We were not the last ones last year. No, we weren't. So, Yay! Sorry. So, this year is our goal to do a little quicker than last year. But that yeah. doesn't mean we have to run. That no. doesn't mean that we're doing it in, you know, six hours. That's not what that means. That's just better than, <laughs> than last yeah, time. So we're just, right, exactly. That's awesome. See, this is why we do so well together, because I, I love the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. There's so much alike. Yes. And I mean, and that's it. I mean, a lot of people like sit there and they think that you have to be like the fastest and the best and whatever. And it's like, no, you don't. You don't. That's just no, it. I mean, really don't. Th there are people out there, they train hours and hours and hours every day so that they can be the best. And that's their job. Their job is to be out there and be the best. You know, exactly. my job's not. My job's to go walk job sites and tell people to be safe. Your job is to teach children. Which still scares me sometimes, but um, <laughs> but uh, when I go out to a Spartan race, it's not my job. I'm out there to enjoy it and enjoy people and help people. I mean, that's one of the things that makes me feel so good is, you know, Montana two years ago, there were multiple times 
that you and Stevie told me to just go ahead. Just go. But that's not how it works. We're family. We started that together. We're going to finish it together. And that's what I love about the Spartan community. And it makes me feel better to know that I helped and made sure that you guys and Emily and everything else finished that then to have been first. That makes me feel feel better. And not to say that, you know, you guys didn't help me finish because I'm pretty sure if I would have been out there by myself, I would have quit about mile four. But, (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, that's, what's amazing is, I mean, we have that feeling of family and everything else and we help each other. And that feeling to me is better than to have, to be standing on that podium. Because for me, I agree, you know, for standing, if I'm standing on that podium and it sounds bad, but if I'm standing on that podium, how many of my friends or teammates, you know, did I let down and why I wasn't there to help? You know, most yeah. likely they're going to finish anyway because you're all a bunch of beasts and you're crazy like I am. But, you know, how many how many did I let down? And that's one thing is, you know, I, I love helping my teammates. And, I mean, that was one thing about Montana two years ago. It was grueling. 13 and a half hours, it sucked. It was brutal. It was horrible. But it was. It we, was awful. we never gave up on each other. You know, there were multiple no. times where, you know, Stevie was hurting so bad that, you know, she's like, just go ahead. You guys just go. That we're like, no, no, no. And multiple times, you know, there was a couple times that you were even saying it. That, you know, like, you're like, my hips are too oh, bad. Just, just yeah. leave me. Just go ahead. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do things. You know, and then we came up with Emily. And Emily was, well, Emily was really broken. but <laughs> Emily was very. But, I mean, that's what I love, too, is the fact that Emily was so broken that at time. But then all of a sudden, you know, what was it? The next year, she was the one pushing all of yeah. us along. Oh, she was amazing. I mean, all of a sudden, she's like, what, 60 pounds lighter and just kicking our ass? And it's like, holy crap, where did you come from? Yeah. You know? (laughs) And it just amazed me so much, and I just loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what's so cool, is just seeing stuff like that. It is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you don't always, I mean, you don't always get the joy of seeing someone change that much and get to be that much better than they were. And with her, you did. Yes. And that was, honestly, when we finished, and we all finished together with Emily. Yeah. That was the most amazing feeling. Yes. Even though we couldn't really run and jump over the fire because we were so sore. But just getting to that point. And we did. All of us together. And we made sure we got a picture with Hammond because Hammond stayed with us. And that was the other part that was amazing. I loved Hammond for that. Absolutely. Hammond could have easily Love said, you know, you guys started this, you guys figured it out. I, I'm not sitting here with you. But he didn't. He stayed with us the whole time. And he's like, okay, he let's did. do this. Let's do this. Yes, he did. And we did. And, I mean, Hammond is forever be one of my heroes for that. You know, oh, I'm always going to love Hammond. And that's one of the main yeah. reasons. Because, I mean, he just he's such a personal person. And he, he really loves the racers and he loves what he does and he takes care of us and that's what was amazing he, he could have easily like i said yes. just been like nope you know you guys should have you know you guys should have trained harder you know or something but he's like nope i'm going to you know you know i'm gonna walk with you we're gonna finish this let's go you know everyone else behind you quit you don't want to quit cool that's a good chip plan let's go let's do this you know and that's what's awesome about him yes, it is. but it does worry me that last year 
I mean, I'm not going to sound bad when I say this, but it will sound a little bad. Montana didn't seem like Montana. Montana seemed too easy. Well, I think we're in for a treat this year because Steve is back. Yes, Steve is back. So I'm worried this year. I mean, I say I'm worried, but it's not like, oh, I'm worried I'm not doing this. No, I mean, I'm worried just because I know Steve. I love Steve, but Steve is a sick, he's a sick bastard. Yes, he's a sick bastard, but he's my kind of sick bastard, so it's okay. But it's that's what I'm worried about. Is we, it's another Hammond course, and this is going to be brutal. He's going to kick our ass. So he is, but in a loving way. Yes, yes, it's going to be good though. So, so one of the last questions I have for you is, what would you, what would you say to someone right now, someone that might be listening that that is in or could be in a situation like you? In that domestic, like the being, I don't know a better way to say it, but being domestically terrorized. How, what would you say to that person? I would tell them that they are not alone in this world, that there are others that are just like them and that they can get out. There is life after all of that. No matter what your spouse is doing or um, what your spouse does for a job, um, there, there is hope. You can overcome it, and you will overcome it. Um, mine was in law enforcement, and it hit the media. I was front-page news, national news at that, for about a month. It's possible to get out of these situations. It will happen if you want it to. And... You know, I'm here for anybody that needs, that has questions, that that wants out. I have connections to help people. And um, I guess the biggest thing is just don't give up. There is hope. That is awesome. And I mean, that that is the big thing is, I mean, I know, like I said, I've known, I've known people that have been in similar situations, been with abusive, you know, spouses and stuff like that. And I mean, that's the one thing too, that you got to really point out is, at least I know for, I've noticed you have said it and me, you know, I try to is you say spouse because of one thing that a lot of people forget, it can go both ways. It does. It can and it does. You know, it's not just the wife and it's not just the husband. It can be either or. Yeah. And it's not just women. No. And I mean, if I understand that a lot of people have that stereotype that it can only be the one way, but it can be both. So, I mean, it, it could be, you know, the wife who is, you know, the abusive one, or it could be the husband. I mean, it could be either or. So, I mean, don't think that, you know, that because you're a man that you, you can't bring this up and you can't do anything about this because, well, you're a man and you shouldn't be being exactly. abused. You know, that's just uh, yeah. not the way, that's not what happens. It, it does happen. So, right. I mean, you know, don't get into that gender mindset. Don't think that, you know, you know, don't, don't get into the gender mindset. Just know it could happen yeah. either way, either either person, and just deal with it and get help. I mean, there's people out there. There's, you know, the beasts. I mean, I know plenty of beasts. I mean, all of us would help any of our friends that had an issue like that. You know, any other beast that suddenly came to them and said, hey, I'm going through this situation. What should I do? And we'll be like, cool, you want to come stay at my house for a week? I mean, whatever would need to be taken care of. And, you know, that person would need to get them out of that situation to make sure they're safe, you know. That's what's important, you know, is making sure that the other people are safe. 
So, yep. 100%. Yay. Um, oh, I feel like I just went on like a total, like, I don't know, tirade there for a second. Um, <laughs> what, what else would you have to say? What else do you say? Could you say about, you know, that kind of stuff? Is there anything else that you would say? Or are you, is that it? Yeah, I mean, so I know what it feels like to feel hopeless and like you're alone. And so I guess the biggest thing is just that you're not alone. You are not alone. Very nice. All right. Um, well, I guess on that note, um, we'll call it a night. And thank you for thank you for being on the podcast with me. I always love talking to you, and I look forward to be doing Montana with you next week. So. Thanks, Mike. All right. I will see you probably Friday night. Of course. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.